right. Bear down, Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Bears banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you. And, well, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals game for a minute. The Bears were outclassed. All right, moving on. Let's talk about things that matter right now because a Bears game against the Arizona Cardinals where the Cardinals proved they're the better de- team and Andy Dalton proved that he shouldn't be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. That's all you need to say about that. The only thing left that matters in terms of on the field for this team right now is Justin Fields. If he's not playing, the motivation to even watch Basically isn't even there, but thank goodness news comes out this week. Justin Fields will be back for the Packers game, so in some capacity there'll be a reason to watch. Hopefully it won't be just to see if the the Packers break the Bears' record of a 73-0 win. Let's hope it goes a little bit better than that, because I do expect an ugly, ugly outcome from this game, which I think, in terms of the long run, could be a positive for Bears fans, because I think potentially... A piece of news that Bears fans have been waiting for may drop if things get ugly on Sunday night. And, of course, that being the future of Matt Nagy. Big guest today, Brad Big, Chicago Tribune, Bears beat. He will be by here in just a few minutes. But before we get to Brad, want to just kind of break down the situation. It's really what we've broken down here the last couple of weeks. Because once it was clear that this Bears team was, wasn't going anywhere and that the slump was was who they are and the the playoffs weren't a possibility. It's just kind of pointless right now to talk about the ins and outs of this team when you don't know about the future of this team, the big picture of this team. That's, That's where the conversation is as far as I'm concerned. So... First step here, of course, is is Matt Nagy. What is the future of Matt Nagy? It's basically 100% right now that Matt Nagy is gone. I will be honest. If there was some sort of miracle and Justin Fields plays at a an elite level and they take down the Green Bay Packers and win that one and then use that momentum to take down the Vikings twice and take down the Seahawks and take down the, the Giants and they finish on a hot, Hot finish here, the, or the Seahawks. They finish hot, and they make the playoffs. I still don't think it's enough to save Matt Nagy at this point. I think what we've seen the last three years, we're seeing the exact same thing. We're seeing a team that gets off to a decent start, has a huge slump in the middle of the season that puts them behind the eight ball, and then they try and recover at the end of the season. We saw it recover enough where they made the playoffs last year. They didn't recover enough to make the playoffs in 2019. And this year, it certainly doesn't look like they're going to recover to even, you know, compete for a a playoff spot. It does look like finally that isn't going to come to fruition here because, you know, there's no chance they're beating the Packers. And, you know, I know the Seahawks are struggling, but they still, you know, it's not like they're going to just, I really can't see them running the gamut here, especially the way this team is now. They they know the future of their coach, and it's tough for the message to get home to adults who know that their boss is a dead man walking. So I, I think the first thing that, that needs to drop here is Nagy. He needs to go. It's a question of when, you know, I know in the past the Bears have always waited till the end of the season before they do this, but in this situation, it feels different to me. Everybody knows what's happening. There really isn't a lot of, you know, there really aren't a lot of tea leaves to read here. Matt Nagy will not be the coach next year. Why are they waiting? Well, at this point, no real reason. 
if things get ugly against the Packers, if the Packers do one of these 41 to, to 13, 41 to 17, you know, some kind of butt whooping on the Bears, I just can't see them sitting there going, we're going to stick with Matt Nagy. If, if the Packers whoop the Bears, not not say not if it's close, the Bears lose 31-28, I'm not saying that. If the Packers whoop the Bears, I just can't see this organization as much as they do things the wrong way all the time, basically. I just can't see them saying that they're going to stick with him for the rest of the season. If they do, if Matt Nagy is not fired after this Packers game, it doesn't make any sense for to me at that point. If they don't fire him then, they're not firing him until the end of the regular season. And with these new interview rules, there's no reason to wait. There really isn't. I'm sorry, you know, there's no reason to wait till the end of the season. Do it now so you can potentially bring in candidates. But if you're going to bring in candidates to interview, you really need to know what you're doing with the front office. That is a big question that just has not been answered. And, you know, I thought about that a lot this week about, about Ryan Pace. And, and I understand the McCaskies love him, and we've talked about it here, and we've talked about it with other people, and we're going to talk about it with Brad Biggs here shortly. What is going to happen with Ryan Pace? And... I know the McCaskies love him. Maybe they'll reassign him into a different role so he can stay with the organization. That'd be, I guess, an acceptable decision. But the more I think about it, they, you just can't keep Ryan Pace a part of this organization. You know, I, And again, I, if they move him into a football ops role and bring in a new GM, I, I'll be okay with it because I think that's better than nothing. But I just am not comfortable with Ryan Pace staying in this organization. His resume as the GM has too many warts on it. It, it just does. And, and it's not just about the, the lack of success, that they've only had one really good season. I understand they made the playoffs twice. No, nobody thought that that Bears team that lost to the Saints was a playoff team. Nobody. No, I don't think, I didn't hear one, but the most optimistic of Bears fans knew that that was going to be an L. There was no hope that they were going to upset the Saints. That was not happening. Bears fans knew it. I held the Bears locker room probably knew it. That, 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 that was not a good season. There was one good season, 2018, and we're all clinging to it still. The double doink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really all Ryan Pace has to hold his hat to in terms of his full resume. Now he can sit there and try and say, I brought you Justin Fields. I bought you potentially Larry Borum. I brought you, you know, Tevin Jenkins, where, you know, you could have both your tackles and your quarterback position solved, thanks to me, from this draft. Now, I'm not saying Ryan Pace hasn't found a lot of talent in the draft. I know Bears fans really like to criticize him for his drafts. I really think that's not a good path to go. I think that is Brian Pace's best attribute. Yes, he missed on some first-round picks, but really not as bad as it as it looks overall when you look at all his first-round picks. The problem, of course, is, the, is Trubisky. Kevin White, honestly, I still give him a pass. That was a, a mess of a pick. Kevin White couldn't stay on the field. Look, I understand when we saw Kevin White, it's not like he was a dynamic player, but that was after multiple injuries. I always give him kind of a pass on Kevin White. Maybe I'm being too nice about that. The big miss is Mitch Trubisky. Leonard Floyd was not a bad pick. You know, he he's still playing good football. You know, I know it didn't work out with the salary cap for him to stay. He didn't become the pass rusher the Bears wanted, but he became a very good defender. That 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 criticism is overrated. Roquan Smith has has become an elite player at his position. He's he's excellent. You know, Justin Fields, we're all excited about. 
So that that thing about how he always misses with first-round picks, I think, is overblown a lot by Bears fans. We know he has a lot of good mid-round finds. We've gone over them on this podcast a thousand times. What the overall issue is with me with Ryan Pace is what he's done to this organization overall. And part of that is George McCaskey's fault. I am not saying George McCaskey is not at fault for what he's done to the Bears and to Ryan Pace. It is an absolute problem. Uh, he, he put Ryan Pace in a situation where he kept needing to win now, and Ryan Pace continued to try and do that. So what did he do? He pushed money into the future. He traded up to make sure he got guys he wanted. And he he's left the cupboard pretty bare here, people. You know, you, you look at building blocks on this team. There are not a lot of building blocks. There's a few, and unfortunately, a lot of those building blocks are in the wrong positions. And, and, and what I mean by that is, all right, Justin Fields, building block, great. You know, Jenkins, Jenkins potentially, tackle, great. Cole Komet is not a building block in my eyes. He might be a starter in this league for seven or eight years, but he's not going to be particularly good. He doesn't do anything. He's not special. Cole Komet is a guy. He's not terrible. He's not the worst player on the field, but he's not going to be, a, a, he's not a game breaker. He's not a guy who's going to be 10 catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns at the tight end position. You know, people who may still throw out their Travis Kelsey ceiling, that's ridiculous. It's a Kyle Rudolph ceiling. People who say Travis Kelsey ceiling, Kyle Rudolph floor, asinine statement. It's a Kyle Rudolph ceiling, people. That's where we are with Cole Komet. Now, you know, David Montgomery, building block. Very good running back. I don't know if he's at that elite level of some of the top, top backs in the in the league, but he's very good. The problem is, are you going to just rely on a running back for a building block? Are you going to invest money in a running back? That's a dangerous thing to do in this league. Paying a running back $15 million, bad idea. I don't know if that's what it's going to take to extend David Montgomery, but paying big bucks to a running back, never a good idea. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney, building block, sure. Wide receiver two, absolutely. Is he a wide receiver one? Can he really be the top receiver? Yet to be seen. Like what I see, a fifth round pick in year two, but we don't know what Mooney is exactly at that point. Khalil Mack, still a building block, but Khalil Mack aging, injuries piling up, not the guy he once was. So the fact that he's still a building block is a problem. Roquan Smith, love Roquan, elite. At his position, one of the best in the league. The problem is, Roquan's position is kind of like the running back of the defense. You can get, you know, Alec Ogletree, and I understand Ogletree's struggled some in coverage, but Ogletree has at least been a plug, right, that the that the Bears can rely on with, with Trevathan's age and injuries piling up. Ogletree was just available. It wasn't an issue for the Bears. They just had Alec Ogletree and they brought him in. Like, you can find replacement-level players at Roquan's position. It's great that he's elite, but you just would like to see that elite young talent at a different position. Bears have it in Roquan at linebacker. That's what it'll be. That's what, definitely part of the, the team moving forward. Jalen Johnson, love what you're seeing out of Jalen. He's not perfect, but I do think he's a top corner in this league. You know, he's definitely a CB1. The problem, of course, is there's nothing else behind him except Eddie Jackson, who is older. He was an older rookie. Eddie's a little older. Eddie's got a, had a few injuries. Eddie's not living up to the contract. He's still very good. He's still very important. But Eddie Jackson probably won't be on this team after another you know, couple seasons. So there's not a lot on this roster 
And again, the Bears don't have a first round pick next year. It's worth it for Justin Fields. But again, this is this is Ryan Pace's MO. This is Ryan why Ryan Pace has not had a lot of first round picks. Ryan Pace has practically barely had third round picks, hardly ever. You know, David Montgomery, Aronis Grasso, there's he never has third round picks because he trades all his third round picks away. You know, he, there's there's too much of that. When you don't have a, a, a cupboard full of picks, you can't build up the depth on the roster. And that's the Bears' problem. They have no depth, and they don't have a lot of talent at other positions. The players they have, most of them are replaceable. So when you look at the Ryan Pace big picture, and you can say, yes, he brought in Justin Fields. And yes, he made the Khalil Mack trade. And, you know, he's got positives here and here. And sure, he, he revamped Hallis Hall. He did all these wonderful things. But the bottom line to me is Ryan Pace hasn't done enough their success hasn't been there it's time to part ways again I, I don't think he's incompetent i don't think he's the worst gm in the league but ryan pace has had too many problems to stay the reason why ryan pace here is such a question mark and we're going to get it with brad biggs here in a couple minutes is you gotta structure things properly you have to do things in the right order and if you're hiring if you're restructuring your football operations you need the general manager before you can replace the head coach so if Ryan Pace is going to stay, the Bears need to commit to Ryan Pace so he can be a part of the head coach process moving forward. If Ryan Pace is going to be reassigned, then you need to have the new GM in place before you hire a head coach. You want to hire Ernie Acorsi again and do the whole consultant thing? Sure, you can do that with Ernie Acorsi or, or someone like that, but that's not how you're going to need to structure it. You need to bring in a football guy to run your football ops and then you need him to hire the new head coach. So if you're gonna take advantage of these rules and you're gonna try and get a new head coach in here in the early part of January and, and, and bring him in early with the new rules, you need the GM first. So Ryan Pace, his fate, Matt Nagy's fate could be sealed against the Packers, but Ryan Pace's fate is the one that we really need to keep an eye on. Let's get to Brad Big, Chicago Tribune, Bears Beat, the king of the Bears Beat. We will get to him next. This is Bill Zimmerman, Bears Banter. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the podcast. Very excited for this guest. You know, he, he was nice enough to come on the last couple seasons, nice enough to come on now. He is the, he's the big dog. He's the king of the Bears Beat. He is Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune, and he joins us now. Brad, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I think I'm doing like well, a lot of Bears fans here. We're just kind of sitting here with a, with a lot of questions, um, you know, basically questions that launched Thanksgiving week with the uh, with the Mark Conkle report and things haven't really quieted down. Maybe they've quieted down at Hallis Hall in terms of rumors, but it certainly hasn't uh, the, the fever pitch of Bears fans and wanting to know the direction of this team certainly hasn't. So, you know, the, this year is different with the fact that they can potentially interview head coaching candidates, you know, without before the season ends. So with that piece of information, uh, even though the Bears have never fired a coach in the middle of the season in 100 years of football, if things go south on Sunday night against the Packers, which there is a highly likelihood that that is the case where these two organizations are, do you think this could be Matt Nagy's last game? I mean, I guess it's possible. Obviously, uh, that would be even before the, the two-week window where teams can, can request permission to interview candidates for, for a head coaching vacancy. 
um, you, you know, you could request permission from some guy and uh, the team he works for could deny it, right? They could, they could block it uh, because the season is still uh, going on. Um, and, and there's going to be four games to go after this. I, I think the, the big question you have to ask yourself is, does that two-week window work or, or help you or give you a head start if you uh, haven't reached a conclusion on who's going to be running your organization, what the structure of your franchise is going to look like. Uh, if you are going to be in the market to hire a general manager, well, are you going to put uh, the horse in front of the cart and, and go start interviewing head coaching candidates potentially before you've even started a search for a general manager, right? If, if that's the case, then I don't know that the two-week window is advantageous for you. If, if it's an organization that, um, you know, the GM is going to be in place, everybody knows the GM is going to be in place, and they uh, want to make a head coaching change, yes, yeah, certainly uh, teams in a position like that could possibly benefit from the, from this early uh, window. I, I heard something interesting from, from Mike Lombardi earlier this week, and, and his point was he didn't know if the league had thought through this new policy real well before putting it in place, making the argument that what this does is it, it kind of takes the focus off the field for the teams that are going to go ahead and do this. You know, teams that are going to say, hey, we want to take advantage of this window, fire their coach, put some interim guy in place where now you've got an organization that's just completely upside down with, with two games to go in the season. Um, is, is that really uh, what the league wants big picture? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many teams um, are get into this mix, uh, how many teams consider making a move, uh, as as we push toward um, the holidays, because your your, your window is going to be uh, right after it's, it's going to be right there in the holiday season. Okay, it's going to be the week leading up to the January second games, and the week leading up to the finale on on January 9th. So you're going to be trying to coordinate uh, some of these head coaching interviews right around the holidays as well. Yeah, and and you, know, you you definitely brought up uh, a good point, and 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 a further point to to uh, on that is you know you talked about you know which teams could take advantage of the situation, and I think that for the Bears fans that want Nagy out as soon as possible, I think that runs against what they're hoping for is the fact that the bad teams for the most part have new coaches. You know, Jacksonville, first-year coach. Houston, first-year coach. Detroit, first-year coach. You know, a lot of those teams, the Jets, first-year coach. So a lot of these bad teams aren't going to be looking to hire a new coach after, you know, you know, firing a coach after one year in the contract and paying them $30 million to not coach the team for the next five years. It isn't what I think a lot of what a lot of organizations want to do. So those other coaches on the hot seat, you know, we hear Fangio in Denver and maybe Zimmer in Detroit, uh, Detroit Zimmer in Minnesota. Um, you know, those teams, they're not going to fire anyone early because they still have playoff aspirations. So I don't know if there's going to be this push to get coaches out early to get these 
candidates potentially interviewed early. And I think for the way the McCaskies like to run things and wait as long as possible, I do think that could play into it uh, for Bears fans in a negative in terms of how long Matt Nagy is, is on this team. It could that that reason, I think, could help keep Nagy around till the end of the year. Right. And if, and if the Bears want to change general managers, um, does, does that early window to start talking to coaches, does, does that even matter um, if, if, you're, if they're going to want to pick a general manager who's going to have a big part of the say in, in terms of who the next head coach is, right? So, so then you've got this two-week window. Um, Bears fans can either want Nagy gone with, with dance in the street. Uh, if he's fired before the end of the season, but if you really uh, made a move at that point, that's going to help you get this uh, head start, whether whether it's real or imagined. Yeah, and you know, like you keep bringing up Ryan Pace, and, and that's where I, I want I want to go next, and kind of what's the the future there with him? That two week window is not for general managers, like you said; it's just for head coaches. So you can't, you know, if you're going to make full, full scale changes, you can't really do that unless, and this is the one, one path I would absolutely consider as, you know, a good direction this organization could go. If you do want to start things now, you could let Ryan Pace go early, Matt Nagy go early. If you're a fan of someone like Rick Smith, who isn't currently in the league, so he would be available to potentially hire in the month of December. Is Rick Smith someone, I mean, he did a lot of good with the Houston Texans. Um, is, is Rick Smith someone you think the Bears would consider or even yourself personally? Is that someone you think would be a, a good person to potentially put in charge of their football ops? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think if they, they have that job open, if they're making full-scale changes, um, you're going to have a, a wide array of guys you're going to want to consider from, from different pools. And obviously Rick Smith would be from the pool of a guy who's experienced and been in the position before. You don't see general managers recirculated as much in the NFL as you see head coaches recirculated. Uh, coaches uh, tend to be able to go from one head coaching job to another uh, easier uh, than, than general managers can. But yeah, I mean, Rick Smith's track record with, with what he uh, help build in, in Houston, which is no longer in place, obviously, uh, was, was was pretty strong. Now, how did things kind of begin to unravel there? Uh, what was involved in the, really, which was a, a loss of a power play uh, between him and Bill O'Brien? What, what went down there? Now, I don't have all the details uh, of that, but I would certainly imagine that, that he'd be uh, in the in a in the beginning large group of guys that yeah they'd want to take a close look at and probably learn more about and, and quite possibly uh, talk to to learn more about. Now Ryan Pace, uh, the 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 you know when when people talk about his future, the first thing that always seems to come up is how much the McCaskies love him, how much he's kind of entrenched yeah. himself in that building goodwill towards I, ownership. Well, right. Go ahead. I mean, they're not going to put uh, a project that costs you know, well into the nine figures, you know. I think I've got my zeros right. And it was more than $100 million, the project they put together to, uh, to rebuild Hallett Hall, which is the project that George gives a ton of the credit 
for, you know, speaks to the vision of Ryan Pace uh, to, to modernize the facility, give the Bears one of the better facilities in the National Football League. They're not going to entrust a, a guy like that uh, if they don't have total faith uh, in, in his ability. So um, he, he is very well liked. He's endeared uh, himself to, uh, to ownership. Does, does he stay in place? I, you know, I don't know. You look at the roster, you got a lot of questions. People who uh, make a case for Ryan Pace staying on the job will point to the fact that he's done a pretty good job in the middle to late rounds uh, of the draft. Uh, and, and he has gotten some players. How many of those guys do you identify as, as difference makers for him there? I think you can get a, um, an array of opinions uh, on that, uh, but they, they've been heavily active in free agency. Um, a lot of that has been to fill uh, needs that they've missed on in the draft uh, or missed on with, with previous free agent moves. And uh, while they've been... Uh, about five, you know, exactly 500 coming into this season. Which direction is the roster trending? I don't know. I mean, it's going to depend in, in large part on what Justin Fields turns into as a quarterback. And they entrusted Pace to, to trade future draft capital to move up and select uh, Justin Fields. So you could make a case that, you know, if they trust him to do that, they should trust him to kind of see what process uh, through. It's going to be a fascinating offseason because they've got a lot of work to do on this roster. They've, they've got, you know, about 30 players under contract for next year. So, so there's a ton of open slots. They're, they can chew up the cap space that they're going to have pretty quickly uh, with some significant moves. And they've got some positions with huge question marks. Wide receiver would be one, cornerback, uh, would be another. So um, yeah, I could I could see the McCaskies go in either direction uh, on this. I could see them allowing Pace to see the quarterback selection through, and I could see them saying, you know what, um, we kind of like our quarterback here. We like what what Ryan's done, but but this roster needs some work, and, and we're ready for uh, a new vision. Now. The, there's one thing we kind of hear, and, and I don't even know where, where a rumor like this started, but it certainly has, has rumbled for a while. And, and I've even brought it up to a couple other guys on the beat on earlier podcasts, and they don't close the door on it, is some level of a reassignment of Ryan Pace, president of football ops or something like that, where he's still part of the organization, but a new general manager comes in and, and has you know, roster control. Do you see that as a possibility, or is this either paces in or paces out? Yeah, I, I think anything's possible. I mean, there's rumors to that effect that have been around for almost 12 months, okay? That's not something that's new in the last four weeks, the current, you know, kind of downward spiral when they, when they lost five games in a row. There's been that this is a possibility for a long, long time. It would be uh, curious and interesting, and you know, you'd want to know what the thinking was behind it. I mean, basically, you're talking about uh, a guy, uh, you know, falling upward, right? You know, that uh, we need a new GM, but this guy's going to get a promotion. 
that's sort of a it's, it's, it's kind of a we've got to promote this guy to replace him um so but i guess i would say anything's possible with with five games to go in the season he does have a relationship with ownership that is that is strong you wonder uh what the evaluation from ownership is of the product on the field and and more importantly i think beyond what George McCaskey uh, thinks and feels about the 2021 season for the Bears, you know, what does he think 2022 looks like? What what are his thoughts toward 2023? Um, you know, which what does he feel like the direction the organization is heading in? Heading in is because really, in my mind, that's more important than George's assessment of what happened in 19, 20, and, and now 21. We, we, we know, you know, history is going to tell us this was the record. This is statistically where they ranked. They had such and such injuries. They made these moves that did work. They made, made these moves that maybe didn't work. Um, more importantly, it's, it's where does it look like the franchise is headed? Because you, they've got to tackle that question, I think, to make an honest and informed decision about which direction they go. Uh, and, and, and you're kind of talking about the direction of the organization, and obviously, you know, you're focused on, you know, the, the shorter term and, and, and on the field. But I, I do want to ask you uh, just, just one or two more things, and that being the McCaskies. And I think a lot of people are curious about the future of the McCaskies with the Chicago bears organization. I read plenty of things with the Arlington Heights deal, how, you know, it's a great thing for the bears in terms of, you know, being more lucrative and, and, you know, the, the financial gains they could have with that, but it also makes it a more attractive, you know, franchise to potentially sell. And, and we've heard a lot about how a lot of the McCaskey kids really aren't that interested in football and what the future of this organization may be in five or 10 years uh, when, you know, unfortunately, you know, we were going to lose Virginia. Um, what, what do you think the odds are that in, say, 10 years, the McCaskies still own this football team? Well, you get, you get differing opinions on that. There are a few people out there that think they could be sold uh, sooner rather than later. But George, George's vision and it's been explained to me by George and others is that, you know, they are setting this up for the McCaskies to continue uh, to, to run the Bears from now until a long, long time from now as sort of the, the caretakers of the uh, cornerstone franchise in the National Football League, the people that believe they uh, can do the best job of, of carrying forth the, the tradition of of George Hallis and, and that type of thing. So I've, they've made moves in, in order to keep the franchise and the family. And, and when you talk about the goal that they have ongoing to develop the stadium in Arlington Heights, yeah, I agree that that would make uh, the team more valuable. Uh, but if they were to put the team up for sale tomorrow, Bill, I think the type of buyers 
that would be attracted to the organization wouldn't, you know, need that parcel of land sitting there as some, you know, seed to push them across the finish line and make it happen. You're, you're talking about potential buyers that would be so well off that they could go ahead and, yeah, I'll buy the team. I've got the money to put this stadium up. You know, I, I don't know that that would be necessary for the Bears to get huge, huge, huge uh, value for the for the team if they if like I said they put it for sale tomorrow. I I, I believe the goal is for for them to keep the team uh, in the family. Now, can they can they pull that off and keep everyone happy? You, you got a you got a ton of people involved, and that will be uh, interesting to see how things unfold in the in the years to come. All right, last one for you here. Uh, kind of circle it all the way back to the the beginning of the the interview, uh, and going back to Matt Nagy. Um, you know, the last couple seasons here, we've kind of seen a, a similar thing here, where the Bears got off to a, a good start. You know, in nineteen and twenty, same thing, got off to a good start big slump in the middle, and then they recover at, at the end to have a decent record, eight and eight both years, one of the years they make the playoffs. So this year, kind of similar thing, decent start, not a great start, but a, a decent start, obviously big slump in the middle, and they haven't necessarily gotten out of that slump. I don't think a win against the Detroit Lions counts, but if somehow Justin Fields, it clicks, things come together for him the last month plus of the season, and they go on some sort of run finish the year, say eight and nine. Again, I don't think this is happening. I'm just uh, putting up a hypothetical. They finish the year eight and nine. They squeak into the playoffs in like the last slot again, because I do think there's a chance an eight, and nine record can make the playoffs in the NFC. Would that you think potentially save Matt Nagy or is Matt Nagy 100%, you know, dead man walking in household? I don't know if I'd use the term 100% because the guy's, the guy's not fired until he's fired, right? But I would think that this is as close to fait accompli uh, as it can be, uh, as it can be. The, the thing that he would need would be a hot run here to, to make the record look a heck of a lot better than it is right now with four and eight headed into Sunday night's game at Lambeau Field. And they'd have to do it like you said, with an explosive offense. I mean, you'd have to see Justin Fields playing like you have not seen him play yet, like you have not seen a Bears quarterback play with any level of consistency since. I, I mean, he would have to be going out there uh, slinging for, for 300 yards, three touchdowns, running for another one. Uh, the, the turnovers would have to be reduced. Uh, they would have to close this season with an absolute bang. If, if that happened and, and they were winning some football games, maybe you, you take a step back and want to look at it uh, because, it, because I do believe, you know, that, and I've written this many times before that what George wants to do is evaluate the season as a whole, not the season and a half, not the middle of the season, not the final month of the season. He wants to, really dig in and take a look at the, the entire picture and you'd have to consider a, uh, a hot five-game stretch at the end of the season as, as part of the total picture but I, I don't uh, I don't think that that's likely and, and we simply haven't seen signs 
of them being able to do anything consistently on offense. You know, you had uh, a, a solid game by Fields, I think, against the 49ers, uh, followed up by a super impressive second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then he came out against the Ravens. And before he got injured in that game, he was terrible. I mean, he was awful. Uh, so we'll have to see. But uh, it, it, seems, uh, it seems unlikely to me. All right, there he is, Brad Big, Chicago Tribune, been on the Bears beat a long time, the, the guy to talk to, uh, all things Chicago Bears. Brad, thanks so much uh, for jumping on the podcast, and happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays to you as well, Bill. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Brad Biggs. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff there with Brad, and, and like I said, and I said this at the beginning of the podcast, I'm just, you know, I know it's Packers week, I know we should be fired up for Packers week, and, you know, be talking about the rivalry and the game and everything. I, I'm just not into it. I'm, I'm excited Justin Fields is going to play. I'm going to watch Justin Fields and see how he develops. If somehow Justin Fields beats the Packers at Lambeau Field, I'm going to be stoked. But I'm assuming that's not going to happen. So I'm just watching Justin Fields like he's playing any other team and seeing how he looks. It just doesn't matter to me. I'm expecting another loss. I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers to, to torch us like he does every year. Hopefully this is the last time we will be seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform. Uh, I really don't see Rodgers returning at this point. The Packers have no money next year. They, you know, I don't necessarily see anything that's happened that's going to say you know Aaron Rodgers suddenly wants to stay in Green Bay. So I guess as a Bears fan... That is a, a positive, so we'll, we'll still hope for that. But in terms of this game, I, I'm not excited as a Packers-Bears rivalry game to me. It's just Justin Fields is, is playing. That's great news, and let's watch and see how he develops. Um, you know, in terms of this, the, the, the direction of this organization, you know, Brad Biggs didn't want to call Nagy gone 100%, but it's 99.99%. I think Brad would agree with that. I mean, you're talking about one kind of a miracle finish that it would have to be for George McCaskey to even look at Matt Nagy's resume and go, yeah, maybe we should keep him for, for a little bit. Because the problem is, let's say the Bears do get out. Maybe they finish 7-10 and 10 and they just missed the playoffs. Maybe they finish 8-9 and nine and you know don't make the playoffs based on tiebreakers or something. If something like that happens, if you're George McCaskey, and I know George doesn't like change, and I know he likes both these guys, but if you're sitting there and the Bears for three straight years are eight and eight, eight and eight, and like eight and nine, are, are you really just going to settle for that level of mediocrity? Because that's what you're doing. You're settling for mediocrity. You're settling. And, and, and I guess at that point, if you're George, you're just hoping that Justin Fields becomes elite. And, and then at that point, your, your eight and eight team can become, or I guess your eight and nine team can become an 11 and six, 12 and five team. I guess that's the hope you would have if you're George McCaskey and that's the move you make, but it's just settling for mediocrity. And I know sometimes, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side here, but the, the, the issue is with this organization right now is it's stale. This is a stale organization. The Bears fans are stale. The, the, the feel of the team is stale, and that should be the case. Do you remember the excitement that this organ that was around this organization in the spring and the summer with the draft pick of Justin Fields? That excitement has waned because the Bears have not harnessed that excitement. You know, it's a mediocre team, and we just haven't seen 
Justin Justin Fields do enough? And and you know Brad's sitting there and talking about how bad Fields was against Baltimore, and he was bad. And we are seeing inconsistencies, and we are wondering why certain things aren't happening in the game plan to better utilize Justin Fields. Those questions remain to linger, but the bottom line is. This team, this organization needs change. Otherwise, you are settling for the status quo, and the status quo simply isn't good enough. And they don't have another opportunity to punt, you know, kick the can down the road and punt to next year. You know, Matt Nagy's got one year left on his contract, unless he got some sort of secret extension, which I highly doubt happened and nobody caught wind of. You know, Matt Nagy's got one year left on his contract after this. That's it. You're not going to lame duck. And Ryan Pace, we don't know, but, you know, potentially one year left on Ryan Pace's contract as well. You're not going to lame duck Ryan uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and try and punt and, and, and just kind of push it to the end of the contract. That doesn't accomplish anything. They need to make a change. They cannot keep settling for what this is. And they are at a point where they either need to extend this duo or fire this duo. And it is obviously Nagy needs to go based on the on the field performance. And there's just, you can't look at this roster. And I know some people on Twitter, I've seen them, they do. They think this is some elite roster that if Justin Fields puts it together with this exact same roster, that they're going to win 12, 13, 14 games. This roster, guys, it's not very good. It is not very good. You've got Jalen Johnson, you've got Eddie Jackson, who's underperforming a contract, and you have players that should not be in the league. If Kendall Vildor was cut tomorrow, nobody would pick him up. That's it. If the Bears said, your career's over, maybe he'd end up on a practice squad eventually. Kendall Vildor, he's terrible. That, that's it. They don't have anything at the nickel worth hanging their hat on. They need to, they, so they need, another, they need another two level starting quarterbacks. Two starting cornerbacks they need. They need a better safety. They need inside linebacker help next to Roquan Smith. They have a couple good edge guys, you know, great, Mack and Quinn, but you still need to make sure you have depth behind them like Gibson there. Defensive front, Nichols, disappointing this year. Eddie Goldman hasn't been the same guy. Akeem Hicks, can't rely on him anymore. He's always hurt. Defensive front is a mess. Offensive line, they really don't have a lot of maneuverability there. They need a new setter. Wide receiver, they're going to have Darnell Mooney back and no one back next year. They need an entire new wide receiver group. Cole Komet is at best going to be an average tight end, at best. Uh, you know, probably going to end up being a below average, but starting tight end, a top 30 tight end in the league. Cole Komet is not a difference maker. Cole Komet's just a guy. He's just a guy that fits into the puzzle piece. They don't have a lot of difference makers. Yes, they've got Monty and Herbert. That's a nice running back duo. I'm thrilled they have that running back duo. But this is, we're not, we don't want the Baltimore Ravens offense. I know it works for the Baltimore Ravens, but that's not what Justin Fields is. We don't want Justin Fields and, and Herbert and, and Monty and pro sets and running the football 45 times a game and throwing it 13 or 14 times. That's not what this Bears offense needs to be. So they've got a couple pieces here or there. They've got practically no depth anywhere. This roster is bad. It needs a lot of help. It needs help in the draft. It needs help in free agency. So... I don't understand where people think the Bears are a piece or two away. They need a lot of help, and they can't have Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy do it. You know, I asked I asked Brad Biggs about you know the changes and potentially having uh, Pace um, be in a different role, and and he said the thing, and it, it's ridiculous. Ryan Pace would fail up. They need he's not a good enough GM, so the Bears' plan would be to promote him 
so they could bring in a, a GM to replace it to so could do a better job than he did. When you think about it, it's an absolute asinine idea that Ryan Pace would fail up. But is it something the McCaskies could do because they like him so much? 100% absolutely. So there's a lot of things going on with this organization right now, and we just want answers. And that's what's so frustrating here is we have none, right? We assume Matt Nagy's fired. We, we know he's eventually going to be fired, but Matt Nagy is still the coach. We've got no indication what's happening there. Ryan Pace, we have no idea. And not just we, when I say we the fans or me as a semi-plugged-in you know, producer, right? Brad Biggs doesn't know. Adam Johns doesn't know. You know, Adam Schefter doesn't know. Nobody knows what's going on with Ryan Pace. And until we know what's going on with Ryan Pace, we can't figure out what's going on with this organization. We just can't. Ryan Pace is the domino. And he's just sitting there in limbo. And we don't have any indication as to what's going on there. So that that is what we just need to find out. But as for this Packers game, I expect ugliness. That's my prediction. Ugliness. I'm going Green Bay Packers 38, Chicago Bears 16. I don't think it's going to go particularly well, and I hope. And Biggs, you could tell, Biggs really didn't think so because he kind of was like, what's the point with four weeks to go when the window is only two weeks? The idea for me is that you'd spend a couple weeks getting yourself organized, figuring out what you're doing with Ryan Pace, and who gives a crap if uh, if Tabor's a coach or Nagy's a coach at this point? Like, it just doesn't matter. So let's just, assuming it's ugly against Green Bay, let's just sever the tie that needs to be severed. Nine losses at that point guaranteed the Bears to have a losing record. End it, George, and let's at least have that point so we can at least be starting to move forward in that regard. Then we can kind of focus on Ryan Pace. So I think it'll be ugly. I don't think it'll be competitive. Hopefully I'm wrong. We'll talk about it next week, although we probably won't. We're still going to be speculating about GMs and head coaches because... Who cares? This Bears team is going nowhere and it's frustrating, but we will talk about Justin Fields' performance because that is important. Bear down, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Adios.